Welcome to The Building Code. I'm Zach Wachowicz. And I am Charlie Bertwistle. And today we have Casey Gray from The Conscious Builder on. Yeah, super excited about this one. Uh, Net Zero Homes is something that has always been really, really interesting to me. And we've had um, someone on before. Bob Deeks. Already Bob Deeks. That was one of our first episodes uh, that we ever did together. So has been a while. It was a great episode. Definitely go back and check that out. But I can't remember if I told this story or not, but I worked up in Washington, D.C. at the National Institute of Standards and Technology. Um, so you have traveled. Six or seven summers ago. Yeah, yeah, yeah. My college used to send me places. Uh, <laughs> my current employer does uh, not. Public institutions can <laughs> put money on the dime, but yeah. But they, they, uh, no. they have this uh, National Institute of Standards and Technology. They're all about testing things and being standard. And uh, they have this net zero home that they're constantly trying to optimize and test. Really? Uh, but they can't have a, fa- a family living in it because that's too many variables with a real human oh. family. So what they do is they have heaters. Put the interns in or what? No, no, no. They have heaters and humidifiers throughout the house in each room, four in each room, uh, that they turn on and off in a consistent route that a family would take. So they turn on the heater, the humidifier in like the bathroom. They have the shower automated to turn on. They have, then they leave that room, the heater, humidifier, and the laundry room turns on, the washer turns on. So it implies, or, you know, you know, does a good job of being an example family, but it's actually just a bunch of robots. Wow. Yeah. Random story. We'll probably have to cut this for the intro, but if you're still no, listening, okay. we're keeping it. Casey Gray, uh, tell them a little bit about who Casey is. Yeah. At. Casey founded the conscious builder out in Ontario, Canada, Ottawa, to be specific. He is uh, one thing I really like enjoyed when I was doing our, our pre-work is all the content he produces. Yeah. I mean, his podcast, his blog, his YouTube channel. So we're going to get into all that. Let's get Casey here. Casey Gray, welcome to the building code. Thank you so much for joining us. Of course, you run The Conscious Builder. Why don't you tell us a little bit about yourself and your business and what brought you on The Building Code today? Yeah, thanks for having me. First, uh, excited to be here. Uh, a little bit about myself, I guess, going back, I was born and raised in Ottawa, still in Ottawa, Ontario, Canada, and uh, really went through high school expecting to become an engineer because I wanted to build something, but I didn't really know who built stuff. And then <laughs> realized that uh, carpenters are actually building building the stuff with their hands. Uh, so they started pushing trades in high school when I was towards the end of my high school. Uh, actually, I was that first cohort in Canada, or at least in Ontario, where they stopped doing grade 13 OIC. And uh, so I said, I, I don't want to go to university. Uh, I want to go become a carpenter instead. And my mom was cool with it. Uh, so all my grades dropped after that because I stopped trying. <laughs> other than my construction course, I think I had like 98% in that or something. Your mom's like, what have I done? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, so yeah, right out of high school, started in construction. Uh, so at 17, uh, I found a great company that I worked for for almost seven years doing like major renovations. And then he was kind of developing his own property. So I started running jobs for him, I think when I was 20, 20, maybe 21. Um, wow started running projects and eventually building semi-detached houses for him that he was selling uh, and eventually went out on my own around 24. And uh, from that, I you know, was just a young guy wanting to make some money and be in control of, my, of what I was doing. I wasn't really thinking beyond that. 
but uh, the conscious builder started to come into focus when my my son was born. So I can get into that a little bit later if you're interested. But that was kind of when he started think stop thinking about myself. What do you do when you're in your twenties? Yeah, no, that's that's awesome. I mean, it's really cool that you know, so that you've been running this for a while. You change your perspective. Those yeah. life events certainly have a huge impact on the way you view the world, right? I love your name, the conscious builder, as as a brand that's really unique. Um, you know let's talk about just your business and how many people are working for you now, how many jobs you're doing. I'm just interested in your kind of your company profile of, of what is the conscious builder. Yeah. So in terms of the size of the biz business, we're about 19 people now, including myself. Uh, the way we kind of, we have it set up is I still navigate the sales. Uh, and I do a lot, obviously all the marketing and the podcast interviews and YouTube stuff that we do. Uh, it's not just me doing all the editing and stuff, but I'm kind of the, the face of that. So that takes up a lot of my time. Uh, my brother, one of my brothers, I have four brothers, uh, but one of them is a partner uh, in the company. So he's our CEO. So he's in the background a lot of the time dealing with the systems and processes and figuring out what's working, what's not working and making them better. Uh, I'm very much like thinking further ahead. And he's thinking like, all right, how do we make this good? So we make a good team. Uh, we do have uh, Amber who's running our marketing. So her and Brian do all of our videos with myself. Um, and my wife helps with that as well, finding guests and, and navigating that. Uh, she helps, my wife also helps with kind of the HR stuff, anything that comes up. So a lot a lot of the, she's a child and family therapist. So it's another great <laughs> team member because she can help navigate people and and uh, use, she's really good at that. So that that's a huge help. Then we have uh, Matt and Jerry Gale is kind of like, Matt's our head of operations, Jerry Gale kind of coordinating everything. And then we have all of our team making them stuff happen on the sites, right? Beyond that. So we have, we're pretty, we're pretty top heavy. We know, but we're, we're building up that aspect of the business, right? So it's a different, different income stream is what we're, we're going for as we build this out beyond just being a construction company. That's awesome. Yeah. I, I love the kind of go-to-market strategy you have. Zach and I were talking before you hopped on. We have on our show notes here, you got the blog listed here, you got the podcast list here, you got the YouTube listed here. Uh, so really, really cool to see the, the kind of the marketing, uh, strategy that you're going after and kind of being that the subject matter expert and industry leader. And, and what we're super excited about to have you on today is kind of your, your specialty with the, the net zero homes. Uh, can you tell us a little bit about when you kind of made that conscious decision to, to focus there and, and, and grow the company in that direction? Yeah. So that goes back to my son being born. So actually where our mindset, I say our, cause it's my wife and I, we've been growing together. We've, her and I've been together 17 years now actually oh, coming congrats. up to our 10th wedding anniversary in uh in two weeks that's um, amazing but so we've definitely been growing together and uh we went to a tony robbins event years ago so before our son was born so this is probably about yeah 10 years ago uh yeah, it was before we got married and uh at that event we we left like on a high so if, if you've never been to a tony robbins event if you're starting to do them live again highly recommend any business owner do it. I've done a ton of them. He has a business mastery one as well. Uh, but that event, we left uh, with more questions than answers. Uh, but one of the things that we learned there was the, the questions that you ask yourself are in direct proportion to the quality of your life, meaning that the better or quality of your business, whatever you, however you want to put after that, right? So the better questions you ask, the better answers you will receive. So we started asking ourselves a lot of questions. Why do we do what we do? What do we want to do? Where do we want to end up? Um, and when we we left that event and bought a whole bunch of other events, uh, 
but that's when the word conscious started to come into focus for us. So we actually, her and I started a podcast called the conscious living podcast. We, we haven't done that in a long time. Um, but then I kind of mapped out this whole thing for like the conscious builder and this, you know, conscious retreat that we want to do a retreat down the road. And, um, so there's lots of things in the works, right. You kind of just plant the seed in the universe and see what God will deliver to you or what opportunities <laughs> come your way. Um, but that's kind of when this started to come into play and I started to think about the construction what do I want to do with it? Obviously I enjoy it. It's what I'm good at. And then not too long after that, at another Tony Robbins event, we found out we were having our son. And well, we didn't know his son at the time, but we found out we were having our son. And once that hit me, that was like, all right, if I'm going to tell this person that he can be or do whatever he wants, uh, then I have to lead by example. Right. And if, and if I want to, uh, leave this world a better place than it was when I showed up, what can I, how can I use my skills to make that happen? And that's when the conscious builder came into play and we started to rebrand the company. And we, that's when we dove into not net zero homes, but passive homes. So passive certified houses. So, which is the extreme in terms of building is one of the most rigorous building standards in the world. And we built our own certified passive house and we learned a lot from that. And we've just been building off of that experience uh, because from that, everything else is easy to do. Like a, a net zero home is a newer CHBA standard. Um, but if you have the passive house education or you've done that, building a net zero home is a piece of cake. So do you still build passive homes for your customers then? or did Yeah, they don't come up too often, yeah. at least we because of, so the way, I don't know if how familiar you are, your listeners are with passive home, but there's, it's really based on how much energy consumption. So it's like a certified passive house in California, for example, is almost like minimum building code here where we Interesting. are. But to do a certified passive home here, the least amount of insulation we put into a wall assembly was our own house, just because we had good orientation was our 73 and a half, but we've gone up to our 90 in other houses that we've done. So it is an extreme and there's kind of a, um, there's a there's a tipping point where it's like okay well how much does it make sense to go that that much further and there's obviously an expense to getting the passive certification because there's a lot of people involved in in making sure that you built it properly and actually get it certified so i do believe in the standard but it doesn't always make financial sense yeah. unless you're going to use it like myself as a as a business, as a marketing thing, right? So I can talk about it and explain it and it's made us better as builders and my team better. But uh, there's beyond that, like, unfortunately, the market, the appraisers, the banks, the realtors don't see value in better built homes. They're still looking at, you know, maybe triple glazed windows are starting to see some value now, but those don't, they're not really that expensive, uh, that much more than double glazed anymore. Um, but they're still focusing on all the pretty makeup stuff right so it's definitely tricky so the net zero seems to be a good middle ground where yeah. we live where you're st we're still aiming for like passive levels passive house sorry it's there's a difference between passive solar and passive a certified passive house i'm but, gonna need a flow chart man i had no yeah. idea yeah this is very interesting <laughs> we're, we're still kind of like aiming for that airtightness because yeah. the idea is you want to make your home as airtight as possible and then ventilate it mechanically mechanically right and and put in a, a good hvac system uh so we're still navigating um so that's usually when we navigate through this with clients that seems to be the the best target because we're, it's not too extreme but you still get the health you still get the comfort you still get the efficiency so you still get a lot of the benefits but you don't have to go to the extreme of like a double stud wall where we are or anything like that 
How does that typically, I think that's really interesting as you're explaining to Zach and I here, and then you mentioned, you know, meeting with clients and things like that. Who, who typically leads that kind of arrangement when you're designing the house on, obviously, you know, everything that encompasses passive, everything that encompasses net zero. And do they typically come to you and say, here's what I want, or they give you kind of the reins to, to run with it and do what's best for them. And cause a lot of this is, you know, in the grand scheme of things is still fairly new. And a lot of people may not know what the benefits are or why they want to build this type of way. Yeah, so that's why we put out so much content is to help educate people, right? Obviously, we educate other contractors as well. That's what we're building through the Contract Builder Academy. But uh, everything we do is custom. So one of the gotcha. reasons why I call it the Contract Builder is not up to us to say what's right or wrong. It's up to us to give the clients the option so that they can make decision that's best for them. Because there's so many factors. Sure, there's all sorts of products out there that are better for the environment, but usually those products are a lot more expensive yeah. too, right? So what's most important to that individual, to the person that we're building for. So based on what's important to them, we'll make recommendations for the wall assembly or what products to use and, and so forth. Um, but at the end of the day, it's not up to us. We, we have some influence in terms of what we recommend, but they still make the final decision. We're not building spec homes. We're not, we're not uh, saying like, here's what we're building. And you know, that's what you get. You have three options, choose your right. options. Like that's, that's not what we're doing. Right. So we're kind of, we're, a custom home, whether it's passive house or whether it's net zero or, or anything, it's it's expensive, right? A custom home is an expensive endeavor. So we're not building for everybody, but we're using the experience and the knowledge that we have to help teach other people so that they can ask better questions once again when they go to buy their house, right? So they, they can go to their builder and, and ask for specific things. Uh, so a lot of people who reach out to us have watched a lot of our videos. So they come to us because of that. And then they're they're asking us those questions, you know, what's going to work for them. And we want to work with you because of this or whatever it may be. And then we just work through the same process with them. That's super interesting that, you know, you, you bring up some of our legacy institutions, you know, that don't see the value in it. And so it kind of comes from the bottom and, you know, grassroots development of these net zero process. So I wonder how over time, like as, as that education spreads is, you know, climate change continues to kind of evolve and become more of a priority, like subsidies, may get introduced or institutions will start putting in more banking programs to uh, make these these homes more affordable for the consumers because it's just you know at, it, we just had bill smithers on and he talked about in the construction industry how much waste there is like we were talking about inflation and he's like that's nothing compared to just the waste that you walk on a job site you know of, of building yeah. and then the house living off the grid you know long term just continues to to be wasteful so uh hats off to you Go ahead. Yeah, sorry to add to that. Like, unfortunately, some of the climate change stuff is adding more costs, right? Because they're forcing people to do certain things. Um, so I don't often talk about climate change with our clients. I think it's too big of a, yeah. of a picture. I'm, personally, I'm not a professional. Like, I, I've Same. studied the climate. I don't know. I feel like there's a lot more things. I've, I've read quite a different top, quite a few different articles on it and listened to interviews on it. I, I'm of the mind that there's a lot of things that affect climate that we're not aware of. It's more than just one thing. Um, so I don't know how much of an impact doing what we're doing, like getting off fossil fuels. It depends on where that power is generated from, right? But there's also arguments about batteries. So I'm not going to say one way is good or, or bad because yeah. I don't really know. Right. But I have questions, yep. right? So if I have, I'll, I'll talk to people and hopefully I start getting some people on the podcast to have these conversations with. Um, so where we really focus on is really for the house itself and the health, the comfort, the benefits to the homeowner. Because at the end of the day, 
you still want to build a healthy indoor air quality, like a healthy environment for people living in the house. Yep. Cause we spend like 90% of our time inside, right? We, we don't, depending on where you live, could be more, could be less, but most of our time is spent indoors. We obviously, we live at home and now most of us are working at home, but even before we were working at home, we would go from our vehicle or sorry, from our house to a vehicle of some sort, to a building of another sort, back into that vehicle, back to our house. We wouldn't really spend that much time outside unless we were actively like going out jogging or exercising or playing sports or whatever it may be. And there's very few people that actually spend a good portion. Even when you go outside to play, maybe a couple hours yeah. a day, right? So think about that. So we we really focus on, okay, what do we have to do? And by, by default, when you build a healthy and comfortable home, you build a more efficient home, which in turn helps all everything else that people say it's affecting the climate, right? So that's kind of where we're at. And that's where we find people can really connect is like, look, we're going to build you that quality so that your kids don't have those asthma problems. So you don't have those allergies. Obviously, once again, I can only do one aspect of it. Whatever you put into your body is a different story. That's going to affect all your health issues too, right? So that's something that my wife and I spend a lot of time on too, is is there's there's so many things, right? We're, 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 we're very complex. Uh, the world is very complex. And I think humans try to, by default, we try to simplify things so Black that our brains can understand it. Uh, right. And most things in nature are not like that. Yeah, that makes a ton of sense. So, you know, from your perspective, then, you know, are you getting more requests from customers about these sustainable? Or are you still having to do a lot of the education to kind of, you know, even drive the, the the point home of like why they should go about it or is is it as simple as being like you're going to have healthier lungs and the interior is going to be a better environment for you uh, from a in a long-term standpoint most people reach out to us because of how we set ourselves up yeah. are already thinking that way they might not know everything um but they might you know they might not understand the importance of an erv for example right. but they do want to make better decisions and make sure that they have uh, a healthy home to live in so there is some education there but they're actively looking and one of the ways that they're educating themselves is by reaching out to us that is yeah that's really cool and so one thing that we don't really have on our question list here but you made comment of it earlier in educating people and all this stuff content wise you're doing was uh, the conscious builder academy uh, is that something that's kind of in the works or what's kind of your plan there? Is it to take the same education you're doing for the client and, and bring it to your kind of peers and on the builder side of things? Uh, well, it's a little bit different. So the way we've set up the, the Conscious Builder Academy, so if people want to check it out, it's just ConsciousBuilderAcademy.com. Um, we're doing online courses, but we're about to launch uh, like a live group courses as well because we started doing some test courses and those seems or some test groups and those seem to be going well. We got some good feedback from the people who were on that. Uh, so we had gifted that as a surprise to the people who had purchased our latest course, which is all about how to sell and market passive homes and other high performance homes. Uh, so by doing that, we did these group calls and they really liked it. And I find that we're what we're missing out there is there's a, there's a lot of education for for bigger companies um, or for business, but there's what we're designing this for is really for like myself and 15 years ago, <laughs> to some extent, <laughs> right? Like the young guy who wants to, who's, you know, wants to do well that started his company, but didn't, was too naive to actually know what's involved with running a business, but still wants to build a better home as well. Right. So it could be for any trade person, um, that, that gets involved. Cause we'll talk business, we'll talk marketing, we'll talk everything to do with business, but also get into building science type stuff too. And the plan would be to bring in other people. And we're partnering now with a couple other 
companies that have been creating courses for like 10 years, um, 10 years plus, so that we can create some better online courses for people who do want to do that and kind of team up with other people. Uh, so there's a lot that's going to be happening there. And if anybody wants to to check out the courses, we do have some free courses, but we we do have a discount code for anybody listening here too. Uh, if anybody wanted to go on and get those courses, it's just BT15. Uh, so you get 15% off in any of the courses that we already have up there. And I think some of them are already on sale too. So you get a bonus, but. Wow. Uh, love that. We will definitely make sure to, to link that in the show notes and include the the promo code there. Um, uh, that's awesome. I know Zach was a uh, an on-site consultant for Builder Trend for a really, really long time. So traveled all across the country. Um, trying and to Canada. Connect, and Canada. Yeah. Connect. Uh, yeah, in fact, uh, you have some uh, Canadian consulting. Uh, That's right. Breakthrough Sask Academy, Academy right? And, oh, yeah, Breakthrough Academy. Those, yeah, yeah. those guys are doing awesome work. Uh, Charlie loves a show note drop. That's why I like I looked at him, because it's like anytime someone brings up a, a show note opportunity, I, I have zero <laughs> uh, hesitations that Charlie's going to take that one. Yeah, that will be the next line in my mouth <laughs> for sure. But that's awesome. I mean, I mean, maybe the the million-dollar question here and and listening to you talk, I'm getting pretty fired up about it. Like, why would anyone not want to build this way? Like, what's the pushback that you're still seeing in the industry? Is it strictly cost or is it um, educational wise? People don't know where to start or, or what do you see is kind of been the biggest? Well, I think drawback? it's a little bit, it's cost is, is a, is a part of it, but I think the bigger problem is really people just don't know. Right. Cause if, when you really want something, you find the money, you make right. it happen. Right. Like we don't buy things because we need them. We buy things cause we want them. What do we what do we really need at the end? We need a roof over our head. We need fruits and vegetables, and we need water, right? But <laughs> right, there's a lot of stuff that we that we buy that we don't need. So when somebody really wants something, or uh, they'll get it. And I think a lot of people just don't know it, partly because they're not interested, right? Because they're like, well, I just want a house that looks good, and they don't really understand the importance. So I really think it's on builders to educate and to push the limit and to go beyond what's required, um, because at the end of the day. Uh, it is kind of somewhat driven by the consumer, but somebody has to show them, right? I always think back to the to Henry Ford's comment where he said, if if I gave people what they wanted, they I would have given them faster horses, right? They would just <laughs> ask for faster horses. But obviously that wasn't gonna, that wasn't the solution. So how how can we actually solve this? Um, and I always also think about another question. Forget where I heard this, but when you go to a grocery store as a consumer. When you buy something, they track that. It's very easy, right? They buy it, they scan it, they know what you bought, they know how many people bought it, they know when it was bought, they they know where they stored it in the store, right? So they know kind of what works. Um, but every time you spend your money on something, that is essentially voting, right? So if you want more organic food, buy more organic food and the grocery store will provide more of it. If you want better built homes or better products, then you have to go out and spend more money on better products, right? So that's just how it works. So. As a consumer, we need to take responsibility to actually, to, we can have, uh, make a difference by just deciding what we want to spend our money on. But as a builder, I think we have a responsibility to educate people as well because they just don't know. And if people don't know, they won't ask for it. It makes a ton of sense. I mean, it's called innovation for a reason, right? We'd still be yes. riding on the old railroad if it weren't for uh, Mr. Henry Ford, for example. Um, the electric car was was actually invented like back in the 1800s, by the way. Too the issue was actually the battery, the storage. Of course, it's been the issue. Yeah, and, and like the electric like, car, I'm pretty sure was invented. Like, I, yeah, yeah. Well, and you think about. I've actually read some. There's the combustion engine has never really gone through like any sort of 
massive, meaningful changes. They're more efficient, but they're not like, we're still using the same technology. And when someone cracks that code, the battery store just yeah. seems like every day I read an article like, well, battery breakthrough. And I'm like, I'm just waiting for the other shoe to drop to be like, we've got a thousand mile battery that you can, and then what happens, right? Like what happens to the industry? It just complete changes. Like housing is kind of similar, like technology in the building process will continue to evolve, which I want to ask you about, like, what what do you think the future of eco friendly looks like? What what are we what what's something you're excited about? I was just kind of poking around your your YouTube or excuse me your your podcast and you have 190 episodes, which I was like wow, um, you know like do you talk about that type of uh, content on your podcast like new technology yeah. coming down and and things like that? Yeah, it's something I put a lot of thought into, uh, and just in my position, I'm I'm always kind of looking to the future and, and where things are going and where do I think, you know, right. As a, any good leader, you kind of have to anticipate where the market may be going. It's easier said than done. Uh, in construction though, there's kind of a couple things. It depends on what you're looking at. One thing's for sure is renovation. The renovation industry will continue to grow and grow and grow because there's only so many houses that we can build. There's only so much land. Yep. So there is never going to be a shortage of work. And I don't know if there will be a great, a great uh, technology advancement for renov like ripping an old house apart and putting it back together. Like that's like a robot that does it. Or robot. Something. Yeah. <laughs> <You> <laughs> Same I mean? Like it's got it's going to have to be done by hand. I think new homes is different. There's a lot of people doing prefab and uh, and uh, modular building, which can make sense, but only to within a certain uh, diameter or within a certain circumference around kind of the center of where they're building everything, right? So I think there's some great there's some great companies doing that already. Um, so I think there's a lot of potential uh, in that. So uh, I, I do look at prefab. I think 3D printing is going to have a major impact in the future on how we build houses. If we can solve some of the like insulation, like a lot of the, there is 3d printing going out. Uh, they've been doing it. And I think it's USC, the university of California have been doing it for probably 15 years now, right wow. there, there, but it's more for like print, like 10 houses really quick for like disaster relief type stuff. So they're yeah. not really built that well in terms of like, uh, building science and health and comfort. That's a different, there's so many different aspects. So I think there's still a lot of uh, ways that we can improve. In Canada, we still build with wood. Obviously, we have an abundance of wood uh, to some extent is like sequestering carbon, right? Because the trees take in the carbon and uh, as long as you don't burn them or anything like that, like there's, there's good. So I think a lot of that is good. Um, so I don't know if there's going to be a whole lot of change in that really quickly uh, unless that 3d printing game comes in where i where i tend to see is like there's a lot of technology so i, I think what's going to happen is like solar panels get better and better batteries get better and better so you might be able to take a hundred year old house in the near future put solar panels on and a battery and cut the cut it from the grid and you'd be good good to go right so but it doesn't solve the health or the comfort issue it yeah. solves the efficiency issue only Right. So once again, it's only solving one one aspect. But I think that's probably where things are going to go. No new communities will be built to be self-sufficient um, based on kind of the world I'm in and where I'm looking is one thing that's coming up a lot is a lot of people want to be self-sufficient. Right. They want to be sovereign. Um, so they don't want to have to rely on anything or anybody yeah. else for that matter. Right. So I see a lot less technology being put like 
wireless technology that are like things are watching and listening to you being put into houses and kind of going back to the basics, but still building really well-built homes because you have to in order to keep your energy consumption low, right? And the less tech stuff you have going, the less energy you use, right? They're not always running uh, and people going back to like wanting to grow their own food uh, and, and designing food forests around their neighborhood as opposed to um, trying to just build it in the middle of a city somewhere, right? Everyone's kind of going out, at least from what I'm seeing, a lot of people that I'm, not everybody, um, but that's, you know, I think been fast forwarded because of what's happened over the last couple of years and people realizing, realizing that they don't have to be in a city or maybe the city isn't the best place for them. So, so I don't know, it's kind of a, not a solid answer on everything. No, no, that's kind of, there's always going to be kind of two groups right. people yeah. I find or a few different groups of people, but what uh, popped in my head was not smart houses. You know, like we market yeah. smart houses, like not smart houses. You, you have to live off the land and then people are like, what? Like we're going backwards, but really it's like times a flat circle. Even like you bring up prefab circle, yeah. prefab I think communities, community, small communities are, are coming back. Yeah. Yeah. Right. I think where I really see it is like, um, I'm actually at right now where I'm at is actually at my mother-in-law's house right now and she's in a small community outside of ottawa and this community was booming like 60 years ago right and i feel and now a lot of people are starting to move into it you see a lot of younger families here now and i i think over the next 10 years we're going to see a lot of these small communities start booming again because people this this the bigger cities uh are not where people want to be they want to be a part of something but they don't you're not you're in a big city you don't often feel like you're a part of something right because it's too big but when you're when you're in a small community you can make meaningful connections you can easily do a community garden you can help each other when somebody loses power you can you know support all of that right it's a lot easier you can actually have a lot of impact on how that community grows right if you get involved with that community right so it can it can be a lot more meaningful um like there's a there's a mural here in, in Chesterville and in the center of the mural is my wife's grandfather on like the back of a sleigh because he was so involved with this community before he passed away uh, a little while ago now, but he was so involved with the community that they're going to remember him because of that, right? Eventually that mural will probably be redone at some point, but, uh, but that's where I think things are going is that's the bigger change I see happening is smaller communities being built where people are actually a part of something and don't have to necessarily travel too far, but can, can really have an impact. Yeah. It's, it's funny. The time is a flat circle and going backwards and things like that. I was, I grew up in a town of 300 people and I was actually back this weekend and I kept thinking like, man, I just don't want to come back to Omaha. It's not like <laughs> Omaha. Not like Omaha's the yeah, sprawling metropolis yeah, of the suburbs of Omaha. But it's right. It's the little things like that 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 makes and make a place feel like home. So that's that's a really, really cool perspective. There's a there's a really good book, has nothing to do with construction, but if you're interested in, in understanding, there's actually two. Ray Dalio's new book, um, Principles of uh, the World. Uh, what is it? trying totally drawing a blank of the title it's ray da research ray dahlia's newest book it's it's on um the changing world essentially and he's went back 500 years and studies study like the rise and fall of empires so that's what the book's about but there's another book called the fourth turning which is which was written i think about 30 years ago one of the authors passed away the other author was recently interviewed by tony robbins still alive they predicted the pandemic in their book when they wrote it 
they knew that there was going to be a health crisis um, based on their theory of like every basically generation cycling. Mm. There's like four every four generations, it kind of restarts because history. That's why our history repeats itself, right. because we kind of we kind of learn from our grandparents, maybe at like as far back. And we don't most of us don't study history. Right. So then it just kind of it's a it's a cycle and just keeps going. And the thing same, not the same exact thing, but the same events type of events uh, and the way kids are raised and why we connect maybe more with our grandparents than our parents. And, and anyways, it's really interesting book. Highly recommend it. You can even just read their stuff on the website and get a lot that you don't even need from the book. I love it, Casey. Well, we're out of time. Um, but thank you so much for joining great conversations about your business, about your perspective on uh, green homes and also, Hey, we're getting to some other topics that's super interesting. So thank you for your time. <laughs> yeah, this was awesome. Yeah, Thanks, Casey. It. Make sure Thanks, for our listeners, check out Casey's website, theconsciousbuilder.com. He's got a blog. He's got the Conscious Builder Show, the YouTube channel, tons of great content, lots of education. So we'll check it out. Thanks, Casey. Oh, boy, that was amazing. We just had Casey Gray from The Conscious Builder on The Building Code. And man, that was uh, I'm, I'm fired up right now. Yeah, that was a that was a very motivational one. Um, since you didn't ask me the question, I'm going to take the opportunity here. Zach, what would you think? Oh, wow. Wow. We really, I said last time we should be mixing it up and here we are. You're putting me on the spot. It's such a, you know, secrets of the show. It's easy for me to ask you because I'm just like digesting the interview. No, I thought, I thought Casey had a lot of great perspective. I'm always just in an admiration of our builders that come on these absolute professionals who have the entrepreneurial spirit. I mean, he's a kid who wanted to do construction, worked at a few places, decided to start a business with his wife. Now he employs his whole family. I just always really like makes me feel like I have a chance, you know, (laughs) but, but in, in reality, it's a really smart business proposition, a a way to separate yourself in the market about what you're offering. And I really liked what he said. It's like my job to educate and let build customers make their choices about what they want to do. So I think, you know, it really opens up this kind of like dynamic with your customer. You're working with them. You're helping them be better citizens and and stewards of their community. And we got into some really cool conversations about, you know, the future of green technology and net zero homes and kind of the way that things are kind of circling around and kind of getting back to that more organic, true community feel. And I I really enjoyed that perspective from Casey. Yeah. I liked, you know, he made a couple of comments. It's like, life is complicated. Humans are complicated. Control what you can control. Get out of here with your nuances. And do it really, really (laughs) well. So I feel like he's done a fantastic job of finding his vertical and just focusing solely on that and and accelerating it. And uh, I think we're going to see a lot of really, really exciting things come out of Casey and the, and the conscious builder over the, the coming years. Yeah, I will definitely be checking out his podcast. There's a lot of awesome episodes where they cover some things that honestly I want to know more about. So check out his podcast, The Conscious Builder Show, uh, as well as checking out his website, theconsciousbuilder.com. He's got a blog. Check out his YouTube channel. Yeah, I think that'll do it for us here at The Building Code. I'm Charlie Bertwistle. I'm Zach Wittowicz. And we'll see you next time. Mm-hmm.